News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. The Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change published their report yesterday, issuing a final warning on the climate crisis. Dr. Mwerin Lynch, Senior Research Officer with the ESRI and an Energy Economist, joins us now. Mwerin, uh, that was the first thing that jumped out at me, is, is the final warning. It's clearly not a final warning because I've no doubt we'll hear another warning sometime soon. And um, what did you make of the report yourself? Yeah, I mean, in some ways, it, it wasn't in any way surprising. Um, what we're trying to do here is we're just trying to limit emissions in order to have global temperature rise well below two degrees Celsius is still technically the target. However, the problem is we're so far away from that, that we're on course to have much higher rises in temperature than that, which would be far more damaging. I think the language, um, obviously, when you say things like final warning, that's the thing that grabs the headlines. But really, the detail is what's important here. And the main thing is the faster we move, the easier it'll be. But assuming we do want to get to net zero emissions by 2050, the longer we kick the can down the road, the harder it is to eventually get there and eventually get to a point where it's simply impossible. And I think that's what the language is trying to convey. It's interesting. Myself and Shane have been talking about messaging all morning and you've just given a really good positive message there. The faster we move, the easier it'll be. That's a sellable message to people. And I was saying that we need to make this something people can get behind because, you know, people don't necessarily want to do unpalatable things, but there are ways of motivating people. There are, yeah. So I think it's it's really important maybe to take a minute to explain the idea of a carbon budget. So we're quite used to our emissions targets and our renewable targets being in terms of percentages by such and such a year. So, you know, we want to reduce emissions by 20% by 2030, or we want to increase renewables by 40% by 2050 or whatever it is. But the point is, it's it's not enough to simply say we want our emissions to be net zero by 2050. It matters how we get there, because if we get there by emitting loads up until 2040 and then massive cuts, then we actually have emitted more total emissions than if we got there by implementing even cuts across the board between now and 2050, because it's the total amount of carbon in the atmosphere that matters. And that's why if we go faster, it's better from an environmental point of view, because it means there's less cumulative CO2 in the atmosphere by the time we get to 2050. And it's also better from the point of view of households and businesses, because it's easier. We still have to do huge amounts of work, but it's better to do it in a kind of a steady pace from now until 2050. with a guillotine coming down. Um, Peter Thorne, who, who is a professor and Irish climate scientist, is quite involved with this report. And and, and there are some, what, what they're referring to, which I think is probably a good uh, a thing, near-term actions required. So, so things like not vague long-term things, but things that we should be doing kind of in the here and now to make a, a, a difference. What what did you make of, of the near-term actions that, that, that we need? Yeah, so I mean, this is something that we talk about a lot in energy economics is what can you do in the short term and then the medium term and yeah. the long term. So short term really, from an economic point of view, tends to mean no investment. Um, I think from the IPCC point of view, it's also important to point out that there are some things we can do now that would have net benefits. So, for example, increased energy efficiency, that not only saves emissions, but it also saves you money. And then there are other things that we're looking to do further down the line, which will save emissions, but will cost money. So that would be things like switching to different forms of energy and different forms of transport. So I suppose the message for people at home is, especially with fuel prices still as high as they are, they are coming down, but they're still very high compared to, say, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Something like 
investing in your house or investing in your car in such a way that would reduce your emissions is also going to save you money. And that is something householders can do with government support through grants and also through the kind of low interest loans that many financial institutions are providing. So now is the time to start to look very seriously at that, I would say. I like that too, the things that that save that that don't cost you money that 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 are beneficial and things that do cost you money that are beneficial. I think I think this is very good and clear that we need to break down kind of into bite sized pieces of what people should do. Maybe lastly, we're not Obviously, renewables are, 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 you know, where we're all moving towards. And, and we have the, that big coastline over on the West Coast that, that will be like our, our Saudi Arabian oil field. We're hoping down the line. Can I ask you your view on nuclear? Do we need to be at least looking into it? Do we need to be at least um, uh, doing studies, perhaps, or, or research into whether or not it is something we should be considering? So, I mean, certainly from a kind of an economic point of view, um, you never want to take options off the table because, uh-huh. the, you know, as long as it's an option, then you're only going to do it if it if it's a net benefit in the long run. I think realistically, our um, our our kind of track record of large infrastructural controversial projects in Ireland is not great, <clears throat> and I think um, a nuclear facility would tick all of those boxes. So even if from a technical and economic point of view it worked out. You kind of ask the question, would we actually manage to get it over the line, especially in the timescale we'd need? But the final thing I'd point out on that is electricity is still only 20 percent of our energy demand. So even if we got the emissions in the electricity sector to zero tomorrow, whether it's with nuclear or anything else, we still have all of the energy that we use in heating and all of the energy that we use in transport. And that's 80 percent of our energy demand. And we have to decarbonize that, too. Look, thank you very much. You've made that very clear and simple. That is Dr. Mwiren Lynch there. Uh, Senior Research Officer with the ESRI and Energy Economist. Let us know what you think. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.